Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, I'm scared. I've got an idea for a patio book. I've actually kind of mentally worked out enough stuff, enough of the story that would probably last for about an hour or so. It starts out with the story of two guys, Gil and Jamie, who break into the home of a Supreme Court judge, take him to the center of town, tar him, feather him, and stick a copy of the new London decision, which he voted for, to his chest. And on the way out of town, they alert the media on a disposable cell phone. They travel for several days and do the same thing to a senator who has created some very onerous legislation. And while the country is up in arms about it, but some people thinking maybe it's not such a bad idea, they travel off to another place while all the politicians are looking over their shoulder, and this time they take an executive and they tar and feather this executive whose company has been suing people for downloading music. Now, I've got a lot of details and and actually uh, had to redo this podcast because just up to this point, telling you what happened was like 10 minutes. It took up the whole podcast. So had to go back and give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. And I don't know how it ends, but I do know for a fact that I am never going to do this body of book because, my friends, I'm scared. I really am. I'm afraid of my government. When we have 14-year-old kids being dragged out of school by Secret Service agents because she posted something on her MySpace page that they didn't like, something that was stupid, but still, this is frightening. Jefferson used to say that when the government fears the people, there is peace, and when the people fear the government, there is tyranny. And i got to tell you, folks, I'm scared. And if you're not You're either foolish or you're just not paying attention. I got up the other day and I turned on the news and there was this big thing going on at the White House and everybody was standing around smiling and I thought, oh my God, did Osama finally lose his five-year-long game of hide-and-seek? What happened? This must be amazing. And what it was was them all celebrating the president signing into law the Military Commissions Act. Last year, when the Supremes abolished private property and said that the feds could regulate anything they wanted to under the Interstate Commerce Clause, even if it didn't have anything to do with interstate or commerce, I thought, man, things couldn't get much worse than this. Boy, was I wrong. This Military Commissions Act is pretty scary shit, folks. All that the president or one of his lackeys has to do is point to anyone and say, you're an enemy combatant or a terrorist sympathizer. And all of a sudden, they become a non-person. That's right. They lose the right to a trial by jury. They lose the right to have a lawyer of their own choosing. They lose the right to a public trial. They lose the right to a speedy trial. They lose the right of habeas corpus. They lose the right to see the evidence. There is some confusion purposely built into this law, I believe. Some of it only applies to aliens. But it really doesn't matter if you're a citizen, because without habeas corpus, 
You don't have the right to tell the government, hey, you've got to show me why I'm in here. You've got to prove that I belong here. And I'm an American citizen. Hmm, Sorry, you don't even get to bring that up. You just disappear. Are you scared yet? You should be. Because you know what the definition is of an enemy combatant or a terrorist sympathizer? There isn't one. It's whoever the government says is an enemy combatant or a terrorist sympathizer. There was a situation near where I live in Albany, New York, where an Arab Muslim pizza store owner was caught up in a sting operation by the FBI. They claimed that he had agreed to launder money for missiles. I don't like sting operations. The whole idea of, hey, you want to commit a crime? Yeah. Hey, you're under arrest. I find that a little frightening. And I don't know if this was legitimate or not. But I also don't like the idea of people that are willing to launder money for terrorist activities. I have no idea, though, whether this was legitimate or not. And I read a lot of the news articles about it, and I'm still undecided. But the fact was, he had a trial. He had a public trial. And his family at least is going to know where he is, because he was convicted. But had this happened after this bill was passed, he would have just disappeared gone. Nobody would have known what happened to him. And he'd have no rights at all. Nobody would know where he was, what the charges were. Nothing. Scared yet? You think I'm going to podcast a show about people being tarred and feathered and it would pretty much have to be specific people for it to have any impact in this kind of an environment? Uh Uh-uh. I'm scared. Now the Attorney General is looking to force ISPs to keep your internet records for years and years and years, supposedly for kitty porn, and of course they'll actually use it for that, probably for the first couple of months, but then it's time for a phishing expedition. Have you been on any websites that you shouldn't have been on? Have you been on any websites that they think you shouldn't have been on? One of the scariest pieces of legislation And given this Congress and this Senate and this president, it will probably go through is H.R. 1528. Imagine it's Monday morning. You're sitting around with your co-workers and one of them walks in a little late and you look at him and say, hey, Bill, you look exhausted. And he goes, oh, man, I had such a weekend. My wife and I sent the kids away and I had some college buddies come over and We just hung out and watched TV and smoked some weed and drank some beer and partied and told stories all weekend long. It was great. We had a great time. Well, now you have a decision to make. Because under H.R. 1528, you are now legally required within 24 hours to call the police and report your friend, your co-worker, for using drugs. And if you don't, you can go to jail for up to 10 years. Oh, and not just report, but continue to cooperate with the police after they show up and grab him and grab his wife. And, oh, guess what? Because they smoke pot where a child resides, even though there were no children around, they go to jail for 10 years too. Although they could get up to 20. 
What kind of mind even thinks up legislation like this? Are you scared yet? I'm going to tell you a personal story, and I hesitated as to whether I should put this in here because I don't like to put my business in the streets, but it will kind of help you see where I'm coming from and why I'm coming from it. So I'm going to tell you what happened. It really was was nothing when it happened. I used to hang out on Usenet, which is the BBS of the Internet, and one of the places that I hung out was Alt Smokers, where people would get together and talk about smokers' rights and smoking bans. Uh, yeah, this obsession of mine on that subject goes back a ways. And like most message boards, you can have a signature file. And I had signature files, and I'd change them every couple of weeks. I'd put some little pithy saying in there. And I'd usually leave a signature in there for a month or so. But I put one in, and yeah, I only left it in for about a week. I didn't like it. It was stolen anyways. I stole it from someplace else, and it wasn't that funny. About a year and a half later, there's a knock on my door, and I open it up, and there's two men standing there displaying badges to me. They said that they were representing the Surgeon General's office, and they handed me a fax of a message I had written a year and a half ago and forgotten about. But there, on the bottom, in the SIG file, it said, Surgeon General's warning. I know where you live, Surgeon General, and you're due for a beating. First they said, did you write this? And I said, well, yeah, I guess so. I said, did you mean it? I said, no, of course not. It's a joke. It was not even a good joke. It was a stolen joke. It was a stupid joke. So I didn't even leave it on there that long because I didn't like the joke that much. They said, do you know who the Surgeon General is? I said, no, I, I really don't. I, I have no idea. So you don't know where he lives? I said, no, of course not. It, you know, it, it was a joke. Well, they said, we, we kind of thought it was, but... We have to check into these things, you know. And I said, well, yeah, I suppose I understand, but it seems like a waste of resources to me. Are we done here? I said, yeah. And they turned around and they walked down the steps of my front porch. And one of them turned to the other and said, well, that went better than I thought. Which left me to wonder, what the hell were they expecting? I had pretty much forgotten about that. It wasn't all that big a deal. Well, just a 10-minute conversation on the front porch. But can you imagine if that had happened today instead of back in the middle of the Clinton administration? Do you think it would be a nice, pleasant, little 10-minute conversation on the front porch? I highly doubt it. And the scariest part, the scariest part of all of this is the people who will say, well, I've got nothing to fear. I've got nothing to hide. I've got nothing to worry about. I don't think anybody listening to this show will take that attitude because you're all too smart for that. But the people who have that attitude, the people who celebrate the passage of these kinds of laws, the people who have no idea what the Constitution says, what the Founding Fathers wanted for this country, the people who clap and cheer and say, yay, this is a good thing. These people are not Americans. These people are United Statists. And my friends, they're in the majority. And I find that to be the scariest thing of all. 
That's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, changed your mind, or even can just simply understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. Now, I usually try and do these shows within 10 minutes or so. I think I went over on this one by quite a bit. But that's kind of a self-imposed rule to try and force me from being too long-winded about everything. If it wasn't, uh, I would have spent the first 10 minutes telling you the whole story of Gil and Jamie and about now be getting into the meat of the podcast, of the episode. Another self-imposed rule I think that I'm going to add is I'm only going to do one depressing show per year. Last year it was This Is Not America, where I talked about those Supreme Court decisions that I mentioned here. This will be the depressing one for this one, and we'll get back to being more upbeat. And I don't want to just leave you with this depressing downer message, so I'm going to play a song for you that was sent to me. This is a song that was done by Tom Doyle, uh, a DJ out in Boston, I believe. And someone sent it to me in response to the endangered species episode where we talked about the piping plover. Once again, the environmentalists have won another battle. This time it's the piping plover. The little bird is in danger of becoming extinct, so the National Wildlife Federation has ordered that many parts of beaches throughout New England on our seashore be roped off, creating more room for the little birds to nest, but much less room for us. The problem we have is that these birds live near the sea. That means there's no beach left for folks that go like you and me. But I think I have a plan. And though some folks may disagree, there must be 50 ways to kill a plover. <laughs> 50 ways to kill a plover. Oh, dear. You just step on his back, jump, fillet him in a pan, stand. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. You put him under a bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. You drop him up in the sea, leave, and go to the beach. Ooh, give him a crack, Mac. Screech him in the sand, Dan. Just eat him with poi joy. Just listen to me. And put him under a bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Drop him up in the sea, leave, and just go to the beach. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. great. 50 ways to, you know, kill a plumber. As always, I love to hear from folks. Give me a call at 206-203-4488. That's 206-203-HIT. Hey, if you're in the car stuck in traffic, why not do it right now? Or you can send me an email. It's hitman at davehit.com, and you can get the correct spelling of that in the MP3 tags of this file, or... You can simply go to DaveHit.com and you'll find links to my email address on just about every page. And as always, never forget that the Quick Hits Podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.